0: And thank you, Janet, very much. Let's pray that God will speak to us. Oh, Jesus, we can imagine it got a bit awkward at that dinner party once or twice as you were speaking. And we pray that you will speak to us today, that we'll feel some of the shock of what you said, but also some of that warmth of invitation. So come by your Spirit. Help me as I speak. Help us as we listen. May we hear your word to us through those words you spoke all those years ago. And wherever we are on our journey with you, whether we've been Christians for many years or we're just dipping our toe in the water, give us grace to take the next step. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Well, as you could tell as Janet was reading and as I prayed, it probably had got a bit awkward at this dinner party. Uh, Andy was preaching on this passage a couple of weeks ago in the evening. and. Here is a prominent Pharisee who's invited guests, probably not out of great love for Jesus, more like a sort of chat show host who wants to parade himself and look who I've got at my dinner party and people would come. And Jesus has said uh, these words just before our passage for today, when you give a banquet invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind and you'll be blessed. Obviously those people were not there at this banquet and it would have been very, very awkward. Uh, you will know those sort of awkward moments and who is going to rescue us. And one of them there did it. He rescued them. He came out with a sort of bland platitude that sort of got them out of this hole and back on track. In verse 15, he says, uh, when one of those at the table with Jesus heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. It's sort of, no one could argue against it the kingdom of God is like a feast and you are blessed if you're there but you get the sense that this is just trying to get things back on track after Jesus has been a bit awkward. So Jesus picks up on this and he tells a story about a banquet and the big shock is who is actually going to be there and will these religious people who were there parading their own righteousness if you like will they be there or will they not Uh, Now let's just think for a moment about this feast. It is Old Testament imagery, Isaiah has lots of this and it's not the only place, that there will come a day when God makes everything new, his kingdom comes fully and it will be like a feast, a banquet, sometimes a wedding party where everything has been prepared and it is wonderful. Isaiah talks about a new heaven and a new earth, we get this in Revelation. Uh, When we get to Advent, it won't be that long. We'll be looking ahead to that great day. Uh, Just as I said, I spent time with dear Carolyn on Saturday night. She knew that was where she was heading. And when we can live our life in that light, it makes such a difference to the things we get worked up about now. And the kingdom of God starts now. If you've become a Christian, you've bowed the knee to Jesus as Lord, you are part of that kingdom. And we get hints of it now. I was taking a wedding for a friend of my daughter who was at school with her yesterday yesterday over in Norton Lindsay. Um, This was a whole group of people who probably hadn't been in church since school assembly, by and large, apart from some of the the older relatives. Uh, Wonderful group. So they picked a couple of assembly bangers that they would... uh, uh, So we had, it wasn't quite give me oil in my lamp, but give me joy in my heart, keep me praising, give me peace in my heart, give me love. What a great prayer to pray. We can't give those gifts of joy and peace and love. And uh, the church was full of people remembering the tune from a few years ago. (laughs) We are saying. But those are the gifts of the kingdom of God to us. Peace and love and joy and forgiveness. Uh, It is a great banquet and when Jesus comes again, there will be no more of the things that spoil this life. No more suffering, no more death, no more tears, no more pain. And Jesus goes on to tell this story, verse 16. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. (laughs) Uh, He's prepared it. He's taken time. This wedding yesterday has been a long time in the planning, uh, as weddings tend to be. And this man has prepared the banquet. And Jesus is clearly making the point that God has prepared a great banquet. He's taken time. He's done everything that was needed. Uh, He's not only made us, though we've gone wrong, he's provided for forgiveness and salvation. We've got a record of Jesus in the Scriptures. We have the Holy Spirit... The door is open wide, and we can all come in. God has prepared a feast. We get hints of it now, and we'll have the full thing in due course. And so this person who's uh, created the feast says, come. This is the second main theme. There is a feast, and we are invited. Verse 17 of our passage. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who'd been invited, come. Everything is now ready. Now, remember, this is 2,000 years ago. They didn't have phones in their pocket with alarms to tell you what time it was or watches on their wrists. If you were preparing a feast then, you would probably tell people two or three days in advance, maybe a week in advance, find out how many were going to come, prepare accordingly. And then when it was ready, you send out, say, it's ready, come. Because people didn't have watches. Uh, There weren't church buildings with clocks on either, so you, you needed to send someone out and say, it's ready, Come. There's a clear sense, as Jesus is telling this story, to the religious elite, if you like. They know that God has been preparing a banquet. They know that the Old Testament is full of prophets pointing forward to it. They know that a day will come. And in Jesus, Jesus has come and said, come. And they're not sure about this. But Jesus is saying, God has made this banquet ready... And now is the time you are invited. And he said this in so many different ways. Let me just uh, show you three of them. My favourite one, Matthew 11, 28 to 29. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That is what we all long for, to know God's inner shalom and peace. Uh, whatever's going on outwardly. It's an invitation from Jesus. I rather like this one in John 7 as well. Uh, On the last and greatest day of this particular festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. We all have these inner thirsts. And Jesus says, come and drink. A bit like that in Isaiah 55. If you're thirsty, if you're hungry, come. You don't need money. It's a free gift. Uh, one more, John six thirty-seven, where Jesus has been talking about him being the bread of life. He says, all the Father gives to me will come to me. Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. So if you're one of the people here today wondering if this is true, wondering, should I join that Alpha course? I know it's a week late, but I wonder. Jesus says, come, come. The invitation is there. Uh, Come, You are invited. There is a feast. We won't see it fully until the Lord returns or we die, but we get hints of it now. You are invited, and Jesus says that to anyone. Come. And then we get the excuses. So let's read from verse 18 to 20. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I've just got married, so I can't come. Now, these are all perfectly good things. Fields, oxen, marriages. These are part of God's good creation to be enjoyed with God. They are not meant as excuses for avoiding him. But in this world, people get so busy with possessions and relationships and work, that they tend to ignore God's invitation. Jesus says, come. Well, I'm a bit busy now. I'll put it off. I've just got married. I'm a bit busy at work. I've got this new toy I want to try out. And they're excuses. Now, in the context, they are pathetic. The uh, person giving the banquet would have got them to say, yes, I'm giving a banquet in a few days. Would you like to come? Yes, I'd like to come. Uh, Who buys a field without checking it out first? Who goes and buys 10 oxen? Without checking that they're okay and they're not hamstrung or lame or whatever, who gets married at two days' notice or three days' notice? It doesn't happen. They're clearly excuses. It's a bit like I can't come because I'm washing my hair tonight, sort of thing. It's, it's ridiculous. Not that that's ever my excuse, but that's. it is a tragedy because God invites people to a feast, a banquet, and they choose other things. C.S. Lewis put it brilliantly. He said, "We are all like children in a slum." making mud pies. And we're invited to a holiday by the seaside, and we say, no thanks, I'm having such a great time making mud pies. Because they can't imagine what a holiday by the sea would be like. And here we are, says C.S. Lewis, bogged down in all the things of work and relationship, and we say no to the best invitation of all. Uh, Now, many of us here, obviously the majority here today, have said yes to God's invitation. But if you're here and you haven't yet said yes, can I encourage you not to put it off? If you put it off, you get better at putting it off and it's easier to put it off and you can leave it too late. I sometimes tell a silly story to make the point and apologies to those of you who've been listening to me for many years. Here's an old friend come back. Uh, The story is told of devil training school. How are they going to stop people turning to God? and it's kind of their finals, and there's a bit of a viva going on and an oral examination. And the senior devil says to the junior one, how will you stop people turning to God? And he says, I'll tell them there is no God. And he gets an E grade. You'll get a few that way, but not many people look around at the beauty of creation. They'll think it can't have come from nowhere. They'll wonder about their consciences. Where's that's come? They might even look at Jesus. An E grade. The next junior devil comes in. How will you tell them How will you stop people believing in God? How will you stop people responding to God's invitation? I'll tell them there's no hell. Doesn't really matter. God's very forgiving. You'll all be fine. He gets a C grade because you'll get some more that way, says the senior devil. But when people stop and think about it, they will realize that God is just. That a Mother Teresa and a Hitler don't wind up in the same place. There is justice that there is heaven and hell, that that's clear in the Bible. There is a judgment day, but you'll get some. Uh, last junior devil comes in. How will you stop people turning to God? I'll tell them there's no hurry. This is really important. You need to take it seriously. You haven't got quite, quite time now. Just wait till next month after that's happened. And then, then just wait till next year. Just wait till I've got a bit more time. He gets the A grade because it's so easy just to put things off. And this is a parable about putting things off, about making excuses that aren't really excuses to ignore the big invitation. And I do want to say to anyone watching online or who's here, if you are wondering if it's true, please come and explore it. Come, to, come and join the Alpha course. It's only uh, only into week two. You've only missed the introduction. That's fine. We can catch you up uh, you get a meal, there's some, in, some explaining about the Christian faith and a chance to ask any questions. And if that doesn't work for you, do have a word with Andy or me or one of the team afterwards. We'd love to point you in the right direction. So there's a feast. There's an invitation. And we have to respond, each of us. Now, those of us who have responded have tasted God's goodness and we moved from being party guests to party hosts, if you like, because there's a the last bit of this story is an invitation for, to go out and invite more to come. So let's read the end of the story from verse 21 on. Uh, the servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, "Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame." Sir, the servant said, "What you ordered has been done." But there is still room, and the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. Now, when we read the parables, we need to remember they're not meant to be allegories. We're not meant to transfer every detail. They're a story to make a forceful point. And the point is there is a feast, and there is an invitation, and people do make excuses, And those who you expect to be there may not be there at the end. And those you don't expect to be there will be. Don't push the parable too far, particularly this bit about compelling people to come. Never God's way to compel people into the kingdom. That's part of just the story and the force of the story. But the point is clear. Go beyond those originally invited. So at the context, go beyond the Jews to the Gentiles. Go beyond the respectable to the poor. And those in need. If Christianity doesn't look like good news to the poor, then it's not the religion of Jesus. Now, there are things we do in this town and this church that help food bank and Christians Against Poverty, the debt center, the wellbeing cafe, street pastors, flourish that Juliette was praying for earlier, helping people with anxiety in their teenage years. All those things are good, but we need to welcome people right into God's kingdom. None of us deserves it. We're all, it's all grace for all of us. We're all included by grace. And we had a prophecy uh, someone here a couple of weeks ago gave us, a sense that God's going to bring more people in with less Christian background and more need. Now, if that happens, our job is to welcome in and maybe change the way we do things a little to make it easy for people to engage with God. One of the dangers of the Church of England is we can so do things the same way so we're familiar with them, but they're really alien. Uh, so many people, I'm just hearing again and again of people when you invite them to church. Oh, is it okay if I come? <laughs> yes, it really is. We assume that they know that. Is, I'm not a Christian. Can I come? Yes, you can. And we need to give this invitation and welcome. Now, our vision that God's given us for the next 10 years is a big vision. He's, the vision is over the next 10 years uh, to work with others so that everybody in this area has a meaningful opportunity to respond to the good news of Jesus. We've said by Easter 2033, so by our calendar, the 2000th anniversary of the resurrection. Uh, With others, we're a mission hub church, we're working with other churches in the area. We want to help people to hear the good news, not just fleetingly, but they may need to hear it several times, such that they can choose whether to say yes or no we pray they'll say yes that partly lies behind Kate's appointment I was interviewing Kate earlier to help put on more things here that we can invite people to and help equip you to go beyond the walls of the church for if there's a particular need or a network or in a neighborhood There are the three ends I tend to think of of groups of people that we can go out to there's something you'd love to do but you don't know how to do it have a word with Kate and we'll see if we can enable that to happen So, I'm going to lead in prayer in a moment for two groups of people. One is for those who are visitors among us who are exploring the Christian faith, whose Christian roots are a bit wobbly. Please hear the invitation from God come, you are welcome. There's a feast. Uh, That invitation from Jesus to deal with our inner stuff, quite apart from our outer stuff. And then a second prayer for those of us who are Christians that God will fill us with his spirit. And guide us, help us to see what he's doing uh, in and around our community and join in with that. So it's not just come, but the last movement of this parable is go. Go out and find people who would be naturally excluded and invite them in. So let's just, uh, let me lead in prayer. You've been sitting very patiently. Uh, Why don't you stand? Um, If you're visitors here, we quite often have a minute or two of quiet at the end of a sermon and just invite the Lord to come and speak to us. And we're in really good time today, which is wonderful. The children's groups don't finish for, look at that, 20 minutes. I won't lead in prayer for 20 minutes, don't worry. Uh, but let's, we'll be still, and there's a real chance to engage with the Lord, then we can sing, and a chance to share tea and coffee before the children have to be collected. So Lord Jesus, we praise you that you have invited us to your great banquet. Praise you that you came from heaven to make that possible. Your death on the cross makes our forgiveness possible. Your resurrection shows us that death is not the end. Praise you that we have good news. We pray that you would come by your spirit and minister to us here today and those watching online or later. Just be still. See what thoughts the Lord may bring to us, the surface of our mind. Maybe things we want to say to him. And we pray for any among us who are not sure of the truth of these things. Lord, by your Spirit, will you help each one to hear your invitation. You're, you've made them and you love them, and there is an invitation to come. Come and taste of the great banquet that will be complete later. And for those of us who know this is true, Lord, come and fill us with your Spirit afresh and open our eyes to see others who you would have us engage with, invite, go in a workplace or a neighbourhood or uh, another place. Lord, put those things on our mind even now. And we praise you for the vision, Lord, that you've given us to work with others in this area, to give people a meaningful opportunity to respond to the good news of Jesus. Show us how to do that. Praise you for the vision here in this diocese for growth and new life and bringing people to faith in you and help us to play our full part in that. And all these things we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We are going to sing again, we'll let the band, they're all there already, fantastic. Uh, We've got a great, we sang a new song earlier, which I'm looking forward to getting to know, we've got a great old one now, Tell Out My Soul, The Greatness Of The Lord.